Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Explore Possibilities, with our guest, Brent. Thank you for being here. Would you please introduce yourself? So my name is Brent Jessick. I'm a professor at Purdue University. I am currently appointed in the School of Engineering Education, and I also have a joint appointment in electrical and computer engineering. Just briefly in terms of my background, I have a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering with a specialization in computer engineering. And I did my undergraduate training at Michigan Tech, way up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And I did my graduate degrees at Virginia Tech. And those degrees, master's and PhD, are in science and technology studies. So quite a different direction. <laughs> so, and then came back to came back to engineering and engineering education when I started my career at Purdue as a faculty member back in 2008. So I've been at Purdue about 15 years. Beyond that, I have worked in industry a little bit, started working in industry even when I was in high school doing like information technology work and I'll probably come back to part of that story later. And after I got my bachelor's degree, I worked as technically my title was programmer analyst for a company called East Jordan Ironworks for a few years. And then, of course, went back to graduate school. And I've continued to have some information technology kind of roles over the years. And I happen to teach computer programming at Purdue and first year engineering. So there's some interesting threads that sort of connect my engineering background through my career in lots of different ways. Well, that transitions nicely to the first question. Why did you choose this career? I was generally a pretty good student in high school. I did well in math and science classes. And I was really into computers and electronics. And like I said, I had even in high school started working for a local company doing like tech support, just a part-time job that I got connected with through a friend of my dad, a family friend. And so when it came time to look at colleges and degree programs, I was steered towards engineering and electrical engineering in particular as potentially a fit with my academic strengths and my interests in electronics and computing. And at the time, I, I didn't know a lot about engineering. I knew a couple of engineers in other fields. We were sort of family friends with a marine engineer, but um, wasn't particularly interested in that direction. Knew he did a lot of work with CAD, but I was a first-generation college student. My dad was a carpenter by trade. I, just, I didn't have a lot of direct exposure to engineering, but it just seemed like a good fit, and that's what a lot of folks um, were sort of steering me toward. I remember going to, it was like an open house. I actually started my undergraduate degree at Grand Valley State University. I did the first two years there. And it was a very small engineering program, and it was a mandatory co-op school. And it in that program, they did a really good job marketing. And that was actually the only place I applied and I got accepted. And I spent two years there. But one of the issues there was it was so small that you majored in engineering and then you specialized in electrical or mechanical <laughs> and you had a required co-op. And where I was in my life and development, I just didn't feel like a fit. And at that time, I had friends going off to other schools and other places and I was living at home and I was like, 
I need to explore other options. So I ended up discovering and applying to um, Michigan Tech where I was accepted. And that's where I finished my engineering training, spent about two and a half years up there to, to finish up. And there are a couple of reasons why that was like a really great move. <laughs> and I'd encourage folks to really think about their fit, whether it's in their program or in their school or university. It was a really good fit for me because I, I wasn't, I think, ready personally and professionally for that co-op rotation for whatever reason. Michigan Tech didn't require that. And I was moving into a much larger degree program so I could specialize in computer engineering, which is something I was really drawn toward. And actually that's some of the classes I most enjoyed. So I was able to specialize in that area. And I think that helped sustain my interest in engineering at Michigan Tech. And the variety of sort of both academic and extracurricular experiences up there. I mean, they changed my life. I could talk more about that later, uh, but I was able to take elective coursework up there in an area called science, technology, and society, which eventually opened the door to pursuing a master's and PhD in science and technology studies. So it opened my view to that field and seeing with some faculty and coursework up there that was like way outside of what I was experiencing in engineering and had opportunities to get involved in student organizations and pursue other passions up there like snowboarding. So it, it really was a big leap for me, but it really sustained me through my college years. So I'm really glad I did that in hindsight. I also learned some things along the way about myself. <laughs> Hindsight's 2020, but that was part of that story. That leads to the second question is, what is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? Yeah, I think I had a very narrow view at that time of engineering careers and what you could do with an engineering degree. I think there wasn't as much information available, but I also didn't take initiative to find out more. So I kind of wish at that time I would have pushed myself outside of my comfort zone a little bit more to explore a wider variety of internship opportunities or other types of extracurricular experiences. I think I had a very narrow view of maybe a computer engineer, for example, largely sitting in a cubicle in front of a screen solving technical problems all day. And now from the perspective of someone who actually studies what engineers do and knows the literature around that, the reality is that the vast majority of early career engineers spend most of their time, a majority of their time, interacting either directly or indirectly with other people. They're not just stuck in their cubicles. They're out. Uh, they're in meetings. They're on the shop floor. They're talking to customers. They're talking to clients. They're talking to suppliers. They're talking to vendors. I mean, they're seeking out technical support. They're working with others to solve problems. They're doing design and teams, right? And I think I, I had a very sort of naive view, a very narrow view of engineering, even within my field, right? And that's not to say anything about all the other career pathways that were in really in front of me that I didn't know at all. I didn't realize at all by simply getting an engineering degree. I probably would not have a job at Purdue as a faculty member had I not gotten that bachelor's degree in engineering. <laughs> and now, of course, back then, becoming a professor was completely not on my radar. It took a few years to even think that of that as a possibility. But I think at that time, and I think it's true for a lot of students, that there's often a fairly narrow view of what the possibilities are. And I think they're often much wider than people realize. You can do a lot of different things with an engineering degree. Yeah, I think there's a lot of variety of what you can do. And I think you also brought up an important point that it's just not all coding or all designing and doing calculations. And I saw on LinkedIn a video from Simon Sinek the other day, 
And he talked about how he really hated the term soft skills. I mean, he wished that they were called human skills. But I think there is that view on engineering that it, it's really the hard science part of it. And there is not as much of an appreciation for the important part of being able to work with vendors, your fellow coworkers, and how much communication is actually a part of your job. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I think I experienced what a lot of students experience, which is what we call this sense of kind of socio-technical dualism, where, you know, I was struggling through these technical courses, some of which I just had to get through, right? As a computer engineering student, I had to take dynamics. Now, much to my chagrin, they removed that requirement for the next year of students. <laughs> but I had to struggle through dynamics. I had to take thermo. I had to take all these classes, which were difficult to see how they fit into what I was most interested in the computer engineering space. And at the same time, I had this whole other world of interests outside of engineering or related to engineering through questions around technology and society. And I was able to explore those interests through getting involved in student organizations by taking elective courses that were really interesting in philosophy and policy and sociology, but always struggling to figure out how these two worlds connected and kind of how my identity and my future fit into that, right? That was really, so I totally agree. And it's one thing that I try to <laughs> tell students is that engineering at the end of the day is very much a socio-technical profession, right? Because it involves, it always involves people, right? That people are always directly and indirectly involved in engineering work in all kinds of ways. And I totally agree. The technical skills are important. Learning how to think systematically, analytically like an engineer, that's a really important skill set. But I think oftentimes students underestimate the importance of those professional skills, teamwork, collaboration, ethic, looking at the impacts of their designs, all that stuff. I think they often underestimate that. And we often hear that when they go out into the into their careers and they come back and they say, you know what, that teamwork stuff, you know, that you tried to help us to learn and develop those teamwork skills as first year engineers, you know what? I get it now. Like I, I do that every day. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's through challenging situations early in their careers that they might have that aha moment. Yep. So, and that leads to the next question is, has there been a challenging professional situation in your career and what did you learn from it? I was thinking about this a little bit and thought maybe most useful to think about my first full-time professional role. So I was actually a programmer analyst. That was my title. Realistically, what that meant is I was doing everything from computer programming to network and system administration. I was backing out and sourcing systems. And this was all in the context of a privately owned iron foundry called East Jordan Ironworks. And I was working at the headquarters in East Jordan, Michigan. So one of the cool things about that job, incidentally, was that being in IT and information technology, you get to see the entire business. <laughs> and I still value that, right? I got to see distribution and supply chain and quality and manufacturing and sales and marketing and the whole business. Uh, and we supported the whole business. So that was a fantastic way to see how a company operates. But that said, I did obviously ran into some challenging situations, which I think I learned some things from. One that came to mind was when I first started there, my, my first week or two on the job, my boss was out of town. And I was assigned to this guy named Mike. And Mike didn't want to have anything to do with me. I sat and twiddled my thumbs for two weeks. And I was thinking, what am I doing here? 
what am I supposed to be doing? Right. So I did my best to make myself useful. And there were some other guys on the team that were helpful, but Mike wouldn't give me a sideways glance. And what happened over time was I slowly built a relationship and trust with Mike. And I eventually was able to work with him. He was, he was always a little bit territorial, a little bit difficult to work with, but with some patience and kindness and benefit of the doubt. I wouldn't say he became a friend, but he became a, an acquaintance. I actually rented an apartment from him, right? Um, and that was an important lesson. Like, it, and that wasn't about me. Like I had to learn that wasn't about me. That was about learning how to work with Mike and Mike's got his issues or whatever. And he seems to have issues with sharing his knowledge and expertise and his domain of his task domain. I had to be patient with that. And I had to build a relationship and trust with him over a long period of time. And that was a, I think that was a hard lesson, but a good lesson to learn that sometimes building that trust is really critical and it can take a long time and you have to be patient and don't take it too personally. So that was one that I learned early on. The other one um, is one that I've come to appreciate more as I've engaged more with topics like engineering ethics and professional responsibility I still remember distinctly I was involved in installing the company at the time was putting in its first high speed. I mean, at the time it wasn't very fast, but they put in their first high speed dedicated internet connection, not just dial up. They had been doing dial up. And with that, they were very concerned about security, understandable. So we installed not only a firewall, but also a monitoring appliance. And I still remember how cool I thought that was to be able to sit down at the console and I could literally see what everybody in the company was web surfing. <laughs> and we're talking, this is early 2000s, right? And I'm like, how cool is that? It never occurred to me. That probably wasn't the most ethical thing to be doing, would be sit there and watching what everybody's web surfing. There were built-in filtering tools and that sort of thing that were supposed to block problematic or nefarious websites, that sort of thing. I was just lost in how cool it was technically that I could just sit there and watch. And I think that's something that I see, I've I've had other situations and I've seen other students encounter is you get so lost in the technology that you really don't take a step back and think about um, what are the implications? What are the ethical dimensions? I can do this, but should I be doing this? I talk to a lot of students too, who tell stories about going into certain industries or certain companies or doing certain types of work. This often happens in fields like extractive industries, mining, oil, gas, and defense industry work, where students say, yeah, I thought I could make a career doing defense work, but I couldn't sleep at night and I had to go in a different direction. Or students say, I couldn't reconcile my views on environmental concerns with working in extractive industries, right? And so that's another thing that I, I would encourage students to really think about and reflect on and to be true to themselves because it it will keep you up at night if you don't, yes. if you don't think about those things. Yeah. I've had some similar experience of friends telling me exact same thing that they, had, they actually switched companies because, because of that. Yeah. So very good lesson. So along those lines, is there any advice that you would impart to someone at the start of their career? Yeah. So a couple of things come to mind. And one of them comes back to thinking about my career path. It's almost, it's kind of funny that I stayed in information technology, information systems from high school, even in college, my my summer jobs were all, instead of doing internships, I was doing summer jobs in the information technology space. 
And then even after college, I stayed in that field and it was a good path for me and it was a good fit, but I still think I probably should have pushed myself out of my comfort zone a bit wider. And it was probably one of the reasons I didn't want to do those co-op rotations through Grand Valley State is because it would have been in more traditional engineering roles. And I didn't have a lot of control over where they were going to place me. Now, maybe I should have gone that path. Maybe I shouldn't have. But I do look back and think I wish I would have tried a little harder to explore opportunities that were a little outside of my comfort zone from a career perspective. So I could have really gotten that wider view of what some of the other engineering career opportunities were. I mean, it all turned out well, and I'm grateful for those experiences, but I do think that was a missed opportunity repeatedly along the way, <laughs> especially when I was in, especially when I went to Michigan Tech, multiple opportunities there to do summer internships. I did do an REU program, which was focused on computer engineering. I think that was good, but it was still a very limited view. And, and then of course, post-graduation, there were other issues. There were other constraints in terms of having a partner, now my wife, who was also looking for jobs, right? But I wasn't especially eager to look for a traditional engineering job because I think I, I was gravitating towards what I was comfortable with. And I can see that now. And I think that lesson goes to other facets too, right? Always encouraged students to explore explore things a little outside of their comfort zone or, or explore passions that are a little bit more out on the edges, whether that's extracurriculars, elective courses, a minor. I've done a lot of work over the years with study abroad. I know I would have been very uncomfortable doing a study abroad as an undergrad, but now have grown to lead and promote and do a lot of work around study abroad and see tremendous value with it and have become a lot more comfortable with traveling myself. So I think those are all, they're great growth experiences and would really encourage students to, to explore those. I think the other aspect of that is finding ways for students to really reflect on and find ways to live into their whole selves. And what I mean by that is that like for me and a lot of others, engineering was in some ways a good fit. And like many students, I enjoyed some of my engineering coursework. I tolerated the rest, but it was kind of the other stuff that kept me going. And I found ways down the road to integrate those things in a way that was true to who I am and what I'm interested in. So for me, that meant going back to graduate school and really pursuing this STS thing that I was passionate about. And lo and behold, it all came back because then I became engaged with engineering education folks. And I found that marriage of engineering and education and the social sciences and I could be dipping toes in all those spaces. I still teach computer programming. I do a little bit of system and network administration for various organizations and projects, but I also get to do scholarship with more of a social science bent. And I get to, to do that STS stuff that I fell in love with even as early as undergraduate. So again, I think the lesson there is encouraging students to explore that wide range of interests and be true to themselves. And I will say, don't force it if it's not working. I mean, engineering at the end of the day can be a great platform to a huge variety of careers. And don't underestimate that. I mean, I see people with engineering degrees going into a huge variety of careers, and I think it serves them well. But there's a group of students that it just, it might not be a fit. And so be true to yourself. Don't be miserable. Again, I don't want to see folks leave engineering, <laughs> right? That's not the goal here, right? Yeah. But do it with the widest range of knowledge and experience and perspective that you can and be true to yourself and who you are and where you want to go. 
I think that's a great message for our audience to hear. And it's one that they really do need to hear. So thank you very much for your time today and joining the podcast. You're welcome, Matt. Thank you. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.